Hello, friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for your support. Like and subscribe. I say this all the time. You know what that is. Bodhisattva Act, yes. Chapter 25. The gateway to everywhere of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world. It's a long name, yeah? But if the teachings hold true to form, this would be a personage of a characteristic quality of our sentient minds, yes? Buddhism is about the mind. So, he who observes the sounds of the world sounds to me like we're probably going to talk about one aspect of skillful means, expedient devices, and that aspect being developing our skill, our ability to listen carefully in order to understand from where, from someone else's, some other people's, sorry, um, worldview, so that we can then speak to them in a way that is familiar with their worldview to lead them to the goal of the Buddha way. This is the whole skillful means thing, yes? Let's see if I'm right. At that time, the Bodhisattva inexhaustible mind, Akshyahyamati, straight away rose from his seat and bearing his right shoulder and facing the Buddha with palms joined, said, O world-honored one, for what reason is the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, Avalokitesvara, you may remember us talking about him before, called observer of the sounds of the world? <laughs> How interesting that that's the first question. The Buddha declared to the Bodhisattva inexhaustible mind, Good man, if incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of living beings suffering pain and torment hear of this Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, and single-mindedly... I can't believe how many times that term is used. But totally makes sense. Single-mindedly calls upon his name, which really would mean invokes that quality, that skill. The Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world, shall straightway heed their voices, and all shall gain deliverance. So that's another way of saying is... Uh, when you commit single-mindedly to have this skill, that is a core aspect of a bodhisattva, isn't it? And so by invoking that skill, thereby utilizing it, are you not on the Buddha way? Hmm? Interesting. If there is one who keeps the name of this bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, even if he should fall into a great fire, the fire would be unable to burn him, thanks to the imposing supernatural power of this bodhisattva. Are we talking about an actual fire and actually burning? No. But we are. Have you not experienced in your life yet moments where 
you're you feel as though you're burning, whether it's I don't burning mad or burning powerlessness, burning hunger, burn right? When we feel extreme emotions, doesn't it have what we would think of as the quality of fire? That's what he's saying. If he should be carried off by a great river and called upon this Bodhisattva's name, then straight away he would find a shallow place. If a hundred notice it didn't pop him out of the river. It just gave him an opportunity to write his condition. And this is throughout Buddhism. Again, this is about the mind, attitude and intent. So by developing this skill, what Shakyamuni is saying is, no matter how many obstacles and horrible things you sense are happening to you, this skill never goes away. And it can be the very skill that lessens your karmic repercussions. If a hundred thousand myriad millions of living beings enter a great sea in the quest for gold, silver, viduria, giant clamshell, agate, coral, amber, pearl, and other such gems, even if a black wind blows their ship away, carrying it off and plunging it into the realm, I don't know what's going on with my nose, but I apologize. Plunging it into the realm of the Raksasa ghosts. If there is among them but one man who calls upon the name of Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, those men shall be delivered from the troubles caused by the Raksasas. It is for this reason that he is called the observer of the sounds of the world. Or the cries of the world? I wonder if that's the same. I'm not sure. I'll just stick with what it says. Does this not sound like a skill of compassion? The Bodhisattva observer of the sounds of the world may be just this welling of compassion. Let's continue. If again a man who is about to be murdered calls upon the name of a bodhisattva, he who hear, or who observes the sounds of the world. Interesting. Then the knives and staves borne by the other fellow shall be broken in pieces, and the man shall gain deliverance. Now, that's a little bit more direct of a, a visual, but still, understand, this is storytelling, yes? If there should be a thousand millionfold world of lands filled with yaksas and rakasasas, who wish to come and do harm to others, if they should but hear the name of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, these malignant ghosts would not be able even to look upon those others with an evil eye, how much less to inflict harm on them. Even if there is a man, whether guilty or guiltless, whose body is fettered with stocks, pillory, or chains, if he calls upon the name of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world, they shall all be severed and broken, and he shall straightway gain deliverance. Does that mean all the chains actually fall off of him and he walks away? Attitude and intent. Attitude and intent. If he raises his compassion, even in such a dire circumstance, he no longer feels the weight of that circumstance. You see the lesson here? 
If in a thousand millionfold world of lands full of malicious bandits, there is a merchant chief whose men are carrying precious gems over a road by a steep drop. If there is among them one man who makes this proclamation, good men, do not let terror take possession of you. You all must single-mindedly call upon the name of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world. For that Bodhisattva can confer fearlessness upon living beings. Are we talking about a magical being floating around going, Don't have no fear, have no fear. No, it's an attitude shift, right? You're walking along a steep Himalayan path. It's precipitous. Little rocks are falling off. You barely have a foothold. If you're constantly concentrating on your fear, it's much more likely you're going to fall. Because your mind is locked into that reality. But if you raise compassion for others, concerned about the others in front of and behind you, or even further... No, stop that. Um, my little dog wants to chew my robe. You know, puppies. <laughs> they want to chew everything. <laughs> Sorry. For that Bodhisattva can confer fearlessness upon living beings. Your attitude can, can manifest fearlessness for you. And because we radiate our senses, our energy, you will help the others as well. That compassion, yes? If you all call upon his name, then from these malicious bandits you shall contrive to be delivered. And if the multitude of merchants hearing this speak the words in unison, saying, Namo, Bodhisattva, he who, oh, Bodhisattva, ya? Hmm. He who observes the sounds of the world, then by the mere calling upon his name, they shall forthwith gain deliverance, gain deliverance. They will not fall. They won't have a reason to fear. Or may, maybe I'd say they have a reason to fear, but, <laughs> but they aren't uh, overcome by it. Yeah, I like that better. Inexhaustible mind, the imposing supernatural power of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world, is as sublime as this. Inexhaustible mind meaning the Bodhisattva he's talking to. Again, it, get, it can get confusing because that's a descriptive you don't think of it as a name, but that's the Bodhisattva's name he's talking to. Or monk. If there are beings of much lust who are constantly mindful of and humbly respectful to the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, they shall straightway contrive to be separated from their lust. As we know throughout history, uh, sexual attraction is one of our primary distractions, isn't it? Even more powerful than food or housing or self-protection. Yeah, we go nuts over sex. So he's identifying not the act of sex, but the constant um, preoccupation of it as lust, yeah? If those with much anger are constantly mindful of and humbly respect the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, they shall straightway contrive to be separated from their anger. Why the construct of this sentence, do you think? Separated from. 
Anyone? Doesn't it exactly mirror the language of liberation from cravings and clinging? Emancipation from samsara? Everything says the same thing. It's not that you annihilate it and it goes away. It's that you are no longer attached to it. Hmm? Separated from their anger. Hmm? If those of much folly are constantly mindful and humble and humbly respectful to the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, they can shall they shall straight away contrive to be separated from their folly. Inexhaustible mind. Such imposing supernatural power has the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world. So many are the benefits he confers. For this reason, the beings should ever bear him in mind. Again, is he a special person? Yeah, he's you. He's your facility, faculty of compassion. If there's a woman and she is desirous and hopeful of having a son, making uh, reverent offerings to the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, she shall straightway bear a son of happiness, excellence, and wisdom. If she be desirous and hopeful of having a daughter, she has, uh, shall straightway bear a daughter, upright and endowed with proper marks, one who has previously planted wholesome roots, who is loved and honored by a multitude of men. Quixotic, isn't it? That he just finished cautioning us men about our lust. Well, women too, you have lust. Anyway. But when he's talking about the women, oh, you'll, you'll be putting out that vibe, sister. <laughs> so again, it's not about getting rid of it. It's about our attachment to it, our constant energies plying our attention, looking for it like a dog, like a, my puppy has to sniff every inch of ground everywhere it goes. That obsessiveness, right? Oh, inexhaustible mind, such is the power of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world. If there are beings who in humble reverence um, pay, uh, um, who venerate the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world, their happiness shall not be vainly cast aside. And yes, I'm replacing words because there are inappropriate words in this translation. So I'm trying to replace them with logical sense. By the way, my translation of the Lotus Sutra is going well. It is intense. I never realized how much the language, the words used in these translations until I started taking them apart so that I could interject my own thoughts. This, uh, yeah, this book is going to be something. Anyway, I'm working on it. There's a current uh, uh, artist proof available. Uh, you can get it if you like, just to see, get an idea what I'm doing. Uh, I'm updating it all the time, almost daily. Uh, <clears throat> but I'll let you know when I feel it's complete. Rest assured. It'll say so on the site as well. 
For this reason, the beings must all receive and keep the name of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world. Inexhaustible mind, if there is anyone who receives and keeps the name of Bodhisattvas as numerous as the sands of the 62 million Ganges rivers, also exhausting his whole physical being in offering food and drink, clothing, bedding, medicine, in your thinking, how shall it be? Shall the merit of this good man or good woman be much or not? Inexhaustible mind says, well, very much, O world-honored one. What, what else could you say? Other than, that's a lot of bodhisattvas to remember, <laughs> right? But the lesson is about those capacities, those capabilities, not their names and where they live and all that, right? I, you understand this by now. The Buddha said, if again there is a man who receives and keeps the name of this bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, making reverent offerings to it, but once the happiness of these two shall be equal and undifferentiated. Well, interesting. You actually raise your life condition, if you will, to that of that bodhisattva. Well, that's like saying, if you raise the mind of compassion, then guess what? You're compassion. Yeah, makes sense. Not to be exhausted in a hundred thousand millions of millions, uh, myriad of millions of kalpas, inexhaustible mind, one who accepts and keeps the name of Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, shall gain the benefit of merits as incalculable, as limitless as these. So I would say this is firmly planting the the sensibilities of compassion within your daily life. The Bodhisattva inexhaustible mind addressed the Buddha saying, O world honored one, how does the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world, travel in this Saha world sphere? How does this compassion come to exist and how does it behave around others? Kind of answers itself, but let's see. How does he preach Dharma to living beings? Oh, that's a better question. As to his power of resorting to expedient devices, what is the manner of it? Isn't that how I started this chapter? I knew that the observer of the sounds of the world had to be a mechanism for teaching the Dharma. This is an instruction manual for bodhisattvas, after all. The Buddha declared to the Bodhisattva inexhaustible mind, Good man, if there are beings in the land who can be conveyed to deliverance by the body of a Buddha, then to them the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, preaches Dharma by displaying the body of the Buddha. To those who can be conveyed to deliverance by the body of a Pratyaka Buddha, he preaches the Dharma by displaying the body of a Pratyaka Buddha. So this is the skillful means of the three vehicles. In other words, know your audience. Know, the, or as they say now, know the room. <laughs> to those who can be conveyed to deliverance by the body of a voice hearer, he preaches Dharma by displaying the body of a voice hearer. Not displaying it as, look what I got in the box here. You yourself... You get into the manner of the person that you're leading so that you feel familiar and comfortable for that person, right? As an equal, leading them toward the path. 
for them to take the path, right? We never teach others with the idea that I'm superior to you. Now let me tell you how to practice. We take with compassion, we take their point of view and we lead them toward the Buddha point of view from wherever they are. That's compassion. That's knowing the and accepting the level, the, the, the place, the worldview from which this willing participant in listening to you is, is sitting, is living in. You're going to increase that life condition, undoubtedly. But you don't start out by saying, you're in a lower life condition. I can help you. Not too many people are going to accept new information from somebody who has already displayed to them that they are lesser. We all were lesser at one point. So with compassion, oh, I see where you are. And I understand. It's kind of like this and that. And you could share stories and you could create a bond. Then you can introduce new things. And then you'll get a shared acceptance. That's exciting. That's shoju. That's how we teach others. Hmm? Now, sometimes those others will bring to us some mess of something they heard somewhere else. And we have to be really compassionate then and go, oh, gosh, yes, I remember hearing that, too. And it's, oh, that's so messy. Um, I mean, what do you think of that? Well, I thought that, and hear them out. Don't be too quick to say, that's stupid. Let me correct you. Right? How, who listens to that kind of information? It might work, but it's a low percentage, right? So that's what this lesson now is saying to us. Understand that people are seeking. And there's voices all around. That's the age we're living in. And a lot of things that are being said can be distracting, even to you. Hmm? So listen, even if you hear it and you go, oh my God, I remember when I was that stupid, <laughs> right? Make that be more compassionate. Oh gosh, I remember hearing that too. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of that and it's really, it's really misinformation. It's misguided. It's not quite right. What do you think about it? Listen to them because you'll hear a lot of clues as to where their confidence is, where they're not so sure, where, right? It's important for them to expurcate that out of their dialogue in their head and to for them to know that you heard them. That's part of the bond, yes? And then while you're listening to them, you can think of examples from the sutra. Yeah, what do you think then of this, when he says this, or when the sutra talks about this, or when Shakyamuni, or Nichiren, when Nichiren talks about this, what do you think he's saying? Yeah, well, that doesn't really agree. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think you really need to look at that statement and take it apart a little bit more, and it kind of falls apart. Right? Be compassionate. Oh, again, my nose... <laughs> 
Excuse me. <sighs> I lost my spot. The Buddha declared to the Bodhisattva an exhaustible mind. Good man, if there are beings in the land who can, can be conveyed to deliverance by the body of a Buddha, we read that already, who observes the sound of But oh, he's repeating himself. Okay, so, so Bodhisattva asks him, what is the manner of it? How does he spread expedient means? And the Buddha explains that he, he takes the personage of who this person is ready and willing to listen to, right? He's not saying he's a, a Pratyaka Buddha, therefore I'm going to be a Pratyaka Buddha. He's saying if he's a Pratyaka Buddha, he's ready to hear from a more practiced, but maybe an Arhat in his mind, then I'll take that position, but it's still familiar to the Pratyaka Buddha, right? You don't want to distance yourself too much because then you're like a foreigner. You need to go through a much greater deal of acceptance and you risk putting a, a, a chasm between you two. So he goes on with the Pratika Buddha, displaying a voice hearer, displaying a Brahma king, displaying a God chakra to those who can be conveyed to deliverance by the body of a self-mastering God. So he has all these different personages that he goes through. The lesson is to know your audience and convey familiar dialogue, familiarity to those people so that they don't feel excluded, right? You want to include them in the path. They're just on a different spot in the path. That's the way to look at it, right? Because they all have Buddha. They just need to get there from wherever they are. All right. See if I can skip some stuff here. Those conveyed by deliverance of an elder, be an elder, I'm displaying body of a householder to those who can be conveyed by the body of an official, preachers of Dharma uh, displaying the body of an official. Yeah, some people like authoritarian leadership. They just want to be told what to do. So still get to know that they're the person who wants to hear from a particular kind of authority, right? A householder, somebody who runs a household. You can relate to them on those terms. It's, when you take it apart, it's really kind of self-evident, but we don't tend to think this way, do we? Some of us do, some of us are natural at this. Some of you out there um, in, in different cultures, because our Sangha's all over the world, some of you are raised this way. So it won't be difficult. Just be mindful that when you're talking about Buddhism, your behavior is very important. To those who are conveyed to deliverance by a bhikshu, bhikshuni, upasaka, upasika, he preaches dharma, displaying the body of a bhikshu, bhikshuni, upasaka, upasika. To those who can be conveyed to deliverance by the body of a wife, of elder, householder, official, brahmin, so on and so forth. Boy or girl, conveyed to deliverance by the body of dragons, yakshas, blah, 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 blah. To those, more, more, more. Inexhaustible mind. The, body, the bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, having achieved such merit as this, and by resort to a variety of shapes, personages, 
travels in the world, conveying the beings to, to emancipation. For this reason, you must all single-mindedly make offerings to the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world. This Bodhisattva, Mahasattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, in the midst of terror, emergency, and trouble, can confer the gift of fearlessness. For this reason, this whole Saha world sphere calls him the one who confers the gift of fearlessness. Yet another name for compassion. The Bodhisattva Inexhaustible Mind addressed the Buddha, saying, O world-honored one, I will now present an offering to the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world. Straight away, he undid his necklace of many precious gems, whose value was a hundred thousand tals of gold, and gave it to him, saying these words, Sir, accept this Dharma gift, this necklace of precious jewels. But at that time, the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, would not accept it. <laughs> Inexhaustible mind again addressed the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, saying, Out of pity for us, accept this necklace. Out of pity, another way of saying out of your compassion for us, yes? At that time, the Buddha declared to the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sound of the world, that he should, out of compassion for that Bodhisattva inexhaustible mind and his fourfold assembly, as well as for the gods, dragons, yakshas, gandharavas, the whole retinue, that he should accept the necklace. Immediately thereupon, the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, out of compassion for the fourfold assembly, All the gods, dragons, humans, non-humans accepted the necklace, dividing it into two parts, one of which he presented to Shakyamuni Buddha, and the other of which he presented to the stupa of the Buddha Many Jewels. Ah. The stupa Many Jewels, right? Which I've often have told you during this reading is our Butsudan and Mandala. Thank you, Nietzsche. He's given us a physical embodiment of this treasure tower, which is ultimately you and I. We are the treasure tower, but we need mirrors. We're in samsara. We need to see clearly. So we have these brilliant devices that Nietzsche gave us. The scroll and the butsudan to house it, protect it. The stupa with the seven jewels. O oh, inexhaustible mind, in possession of such supernatural powers of self-mastery as these, does the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, travel in the Saha world sphere. At that time, the Bodhisattva, inexhaustible mind, questioned by resort to Gatha, saying, O world-honored one, fully endowed with subtle signs, now again I ask about that son of the Buddha, for what reason he is named one who observes the sound of the world? <sighs> the Buddha replies, Listen you to the conduct of the sound observer, the one who responds well to all places in all directions. His broad, uh, his broad vows as deep as the ocean throughout kalpas beyond reckoning or discussion, 
He has served many thousands of millions of Buddhas, uttering great and pure vows. I will tell it to you in brief. The hearing of his name, the sight of his body, and the recollection of him in thought do not pass away in vain. For he can extinguish the woes of existence, even if someone whose thoughts are malicious should push one into a great pit of fire by virtue of constant mindfulness of sound observer, the pit of fire would turn into a pool. Again, everything is about experience. Hmm? Experience as the mind perceives. Or one might be afloat in a great sea in which are dragons, fish, and sundry ghosts. By virtue of constant mindfulness of sound observer, the waves could not drown one. Or being on the peak of Sumeru, one might by another be pushed off. By virtue of constant mindfulness of sound observer, like the sun itself, one would dwell in space. Or one might be an evil man, be chased down from a diamond mountain. By virtue of constant mindfulness of sound observer, he could not harm a single hair on one's head. Or one might be surrounded by enemies, each carrying a knife and intending to inflict harm by virtue of one's constant mindfulness of sound observer, all would straightaway produce thoughts of goodwill. Or one might be in, uh, encounter royally ordained woes, facing execution and imminent ends of one's life. By virtue of one's constant mindfulness of sound observer, the knives would thereupon break in pieces. Can I share an anecdote? Because there's something he said here that Carrying a knife intending to inflict harm, inflict harm. There have been, I'm sorry to say, two or three instances in my youth. And when I say youth, I mean 20s, 30s, where I've been greeted with the barrel of a gun right in my face. One time was a shotgun person came into my house with other people to steal my stuff and this one guy thought it'd be fun and to wake me up he actually woke me up with the barrels of a double barrel shotgun and I'm sleepy saw these double barrels and I don't know when you're sleepy I don't know if you feel the depth of fear that I would normally but for me the fear switch went off and what I saw was a very troubled person. And my first thought was, what can I do? Just like at my door when I stared down a, a large uh, revolver or a pistol. My first thought was, oh, what, how can I help you? What do you, come on in, let's talk. Now, to me, that's observer of the sounds of the world. And I'm here today, so you know I didn't get shot. There's another instance that's a little more abstract, but suffice it to say, I think I understand. Rather than peeing my pants in fear, I chose to instead see the pain in the person holding the gun. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying this was my reaction, and it did work. The guns were put away. The guy with the shotgun simply said to me, 
in response to my, what can I do? Said, go back to sleep. And you know what? I closed my eyes and I didn't wake until morning. Strange how the brain and the mind work, isn't it? What took me over in those situations? It wasn't premeditated. I didn't know it was coming. But my default, and that's what this means, single-mindedly, stay constant mindfulness of sound observer, inculcate this sense of compassion into your mind so that it's the first response rather than the one that comes the next day when you think about it and you go, maybe I should have, right? Make it your default response. It has saved my life several times. I'm, I'm testifying right now. But I guess I had to say it not because I had to get it off my chest, but I so related to it when I heard these words. I had to share it with you. This, this is deeply personal to me. And perhaps to you as well. Yeah. Whether either, uh, when either by spells or by curses or by various poisonous herbs, someone wishes to harm his body, the victim, by virtue of his constant mindfulness of the sound observer, shall send them all back to plague their authors. I think this is where... Uh, in the West, we get sayings like ignorance is bliss or, uh, and I'm not saying compassion is ignorance. I'm just saying that our state of mind, if it is in any way benevolent, in other words, not gripped easily by <clears throat> negative thoughts, fears, the, the, the ilk, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, well, fear, right? Fear is the opposite of compassion. We've already said he's also known as the, the, uh, the giver of fearlessness, right? No mistake there. We tend to slip out of harm's way. I'm sure it's happened in your life. In small ways, in large ways. So take this lesson in that regard. Right? And when we chant every day, Namo Myo we are elevating our mental quotient of default compassion. That, that is Buddhaness in the world, in Samsara. Hmm? One may encounter evil raksasas, poisonous dragons, ghosts, and the likes. All kinds of negative influences, especially in our day and age, yes? By virtue of one constantly mindful of the sound observer, they would not dare to, to do one harm. To just avoid you altogether. Or one may be surrounded by malicious beasts, sharp toothed with claws to be dreaded. By virtue of one's constant mindfulness of sound observer, they shall quickly run off to immeasurable distance. So he he's answering this, uh, uh, what's his name, Boundless Intelligence or whatever it is. What is it? Inexhaustible Mind. Hmm. It sounds like a condition, doesn't it? 
Anyway. Yeah, I mean, how many times does he have to say it? This is how you course in the world. With your compassion, it's seen in your actions, in your responses. Right? The beings suffer embarrassment and discovered incalculable woes press in upon them. The sound observer, by virtue of his unblemished knowledge, can rescue the world from its woes. He is fully endowed with the power of supernatural penetration and broadly cultivates wisdom and expedient devices. In the lands of the Ten Quarters, there is no cetera, I'm not sure what that means, where he does not display his body. The... Various evil destinies, those of hell, ghosts, and beasts, as well as the pains of birth, old age, sickness, and death, all little by little are extinguished. So this is the mind of compassion. Gradually pushes these other fears and obstacles and conditions of samsara out of the mind. Ooh, I've gone on longer than I should. don't want to be repetitive so yet I don't want to miss anything O oh, you of the true gaze of pure gaze of the gaze of broad and great wisdom this inexhaustible mind of the compassionate gaze and the gaze of goodwill we constantly desire constantly look up to the spotless pure ray of light the Sun of wisdom that banishes all darkness that can subdue the winds and flames of misfortune and everywhere give bright light to the world. Right? This is our this is our Bodhisattva mission, right? We're almost done, so I'm gonna go ahead and finish this chapter, alright? Couple more minutes. The thunder of the monastic prohibitions, whose essence is goodwill, and the great and subtle cloud, which is the sense of compassion. Pour forth the Dharma rain of sweet dew, extinguishing and removing the flames of agony. When disputes go through civil offices, when they terrify military camps by virtue of constant mindfulness of the sound observer, the multitude of enemies shall all withdraw and scatter. The delicate-voiced one who observes the sounds of the world and the Brahma-voiced sound of the tide are superior to the sounds of the world. Therefore, one must ever be mindful of them. From moment to moment, conceive no doubts. For the pure saint or sage who observes the sound of the world in the discomforts of pain, agony, and death can be a point of reliance, fully endowed with all the merits, his benevolent eye beholding the beings. He is happiness accumulated, a sea incalculable. For this reason must one must bow one's head to him. At that time, Bodhisattva Earthholder straightway rose from his seat and, coming forward, addressed the Buddha, saying, O world-honored one, if there is a living being who shall hear this chapter of the Bodhisattva, he who observes the sounds of the world, the deeds of self-mastery, the manifestation of the gateway to everywhere, the powers of supernatural penetration, be it known that that person's merit shall not be slight. When the Buddha preached this chapter of the gateway to everywhere, within the multitude, 
were 84,000 living beings, all of whom opened up their thoughts to unequaled Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. We're going to have fun in the next chapter. <laughs> Not that we haven't had a jolly good time so far. <laughs> chapter 26, Dharani. That's a favorite confuser. But uh, it could just as well be called acronyms or, or abbreviations. Um, anyway, we'll get into it in the next video. Thank you so much for listening and your study. And uh, share your insights in the comments if you would. Um, questions as well. Uh, and if you're more comfortable doing so privately, use my email, tlksylvain at gmail. Yeah? And uh, uh, let me know any confusions you might have. Uh, whatever. Uh, just let me know where you're at. Um, or even, you know, I, I anyway, m most important to me is that this resource gets supported by your, your likes and, 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 uh, subscription. Of course, that's the algorithm thing. It helps us reach more people, but also, uh, from our patrons who are amazing supporters, uh, through their donations and on Patreon and, uh, through PayPal. But also those of you who buy ebooks, uh, mandalas, uh, or print books. Um, don't forget, there's a lot of free stuff. The, the all the podcasts are free, and there's tons of information on threefoldlotus.com. All the links are in the description. You know what to do. Uh, and I will see you in the next one. Guarantee. All right. See you then. Thanks again for being here. Take care of your health. Bye for now. Thank you.